Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. And you're here for episode number 219, 219. And today, believe it or not, is, was, because it is after midnight, although I am talking about Tuesday, even though it's Wednesday when I'm recording this, Tuesday was National Lighthouse Day. And uh, I only know this because I get the picture of the day from Microsoft Bing. I do want to give them a shout out there because I think it's a pretty cool thing that they do. You can get it at bing.com or I get it as an app. And each day it gives a photo that beautiful photo, creative photo, clever photo that relates somehow to something going on um, on the calendar for the day. And then if you're interested in learning more about it, you can click and find out more about lighthouses and National Lighthouse Day. So just a bit of an aside there. It is episode number 219 and a day in which I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to the experience of the presence of God. And um, I appreciate that you're here tonight and I would like to tell you a little bit about today. So today, as you can tell by the title, is about something delicious. Now, I have to say three things to get started here. First of all, I really don't talk that much about food on the podcast. Um, More often than not, when I am eating and reflecting on it, it is the celebration of the meal itself rather than what is on the table. You know, I, I think that So often when we think of a great meal, we think of incredible food, and maybe the food was good, but oftentimes we forget that an incredible meal also or additionally involves the people with whom we are dining. So I don't talk that much about food on here. I talk about meals. Today, though, I am going to talk about food. Second thing, I realize that this food that I'm going to talk about is really not that good for you. Now, it's not something that's terrible for you. It's just really not that good for you. Um, And, you know, it's got fat, it's got sugar, it has calories more than a piece of fruit or, you know, something that is healthier for you. So I do understand that it is not the best food for me or for you or just in general. And then lastly, and this is one that I, I also have to kind of be mindful of is that uh, not everyone can eat ice cream. You know, there are people that are unable to eat sugar. There are people like my daughter who uh, don't feel well when they eat um, things with milk in them. And uh, even though there are more and more um, uh, dairy-free frozen desserts, uh, today where we were to enjoy the ice cream, they did not have that option. And Last night, when we also had ice cream, um, she did get some sorbet, and she said it was uh, it was watermelon sorbet, but she said it tasted like, quote, an air freshener. <laughs> All righty then. So, um, so I do realize that, again, what I am talking about is uh, something that there are quite a few people in the world that just can't eat. Um, and also... As I think globally, there are plenty of people in the world who don't have refrigeration or don't have freezers. And even the concept of ice 
is something just unknown, perhaps even, to them. So with all that being said, I am even more grateful that I was able to experience the presence of God today in ice cream. So it wasn't just any ice cream. It was locally, relatively made ice cream. And it is, I'm going to give them a shout out. I'm going to give them some, uh, some name branding here, but it is velvet ice cream. And uh, it is made um, outside of Columbus in a little town called Utica. It's about a 40-minute, uh, 45-minute drive from where I live. And um, it's kind of funny because my parents are in town, and we um, did some other visiting out in, in this area, and I said, hey, let's go get ice cream. And my mom loves ice cream, so, and I think my dad does too. Um, and um, it, uh, so it wasn't you know, hard to convince them. And my son was with us, and he loves ice cream, and I love ice cream. So it was just kind of a no-brainer to go to this ice cream um, factory, really. And I didn't tell my dad too much about it or my mom. And, and um, we were pulling up, and it is in an old mill, actually. They call it the Ye Old Mill. And um, it's really quite impressive. I will try to post uh, a picture of the uh, outside of it um, on the website, and the Facebook page, and, the, and uh, the page for this. So I'll, I'll post a picture of it if you would like to see it. Anyway, so my dad was very surprised. This was not what he expected. He expected, you know, something very industrial and, you know, a warehouse. And they do have a little industrial place where they make their ice cream. But it is in this mill that their um, uh, dining room, ice cream parlor, gift shop, little museum is. Uh, they have some grounds. There's a playground and some picnic shelters and a nature trail. And it's really very quite, um, quite nice. And... Um, lots of shade and it's just a, a lovely place to come and um, learn about ice cream, have some ice cream, and then uh, just enjoy yourself um, on a summer day. And that's exactly what we did. So I don't recall how many flavors of ice cream they had, but they had some pretty cool ones and including one called Elephant Ears, which I didn't taste, but uh, I kind of wish that I had just to see what it was. Uh, the little label said that it was um, sort of uh, fair, state fair themed um, with uh, frozen with dough, you know, kind of uh, fried dough and other similar flavors. Um, I did have the salted caramel spice, actually. I had a taste of that. And um, I said, well, what makes the spice? And the uh, person behind the counter said, uh, the spice is sriracha. And I love sriracha. Can't think of putting it on ice cream, but I tasted it, putting it in ice cream really isn't that bad of a thing. Um, so that was interesting. And when it came time to decide what kind of flavor I wanted, I went seasonal uh, with peach, very lovely little peach chunks in there and very uh, nice peach flavor. And then I asked what uh, would go well with that. And um, the uh, young woman behind the counter said, oh, I think cinnamon would and they do have an all cinnamon, uh, very cinnamony um, uh, flavor, and that was quite delicious together. It tastes a lot like peach cobbler. So there we were in this um, old mill eating our ice cream. Uh, my son had his cone. He had some kind of blue, I think it was blue moon that I don't know exactly what it was, but his lips were blue and his tongue were blue for 
most of the afternoon. Um, my mom had some, um, I think she had, I forget which ones, but I had some of hers, which was nice. It was a very, very nice chocolate chip. And uh, I don't recall what my dad had, but he must have liked it because he was the only one with a single scoop and it was gone pretty quickly. So we enjoyed the time together. We enjoyed the celebration of ice cream. And again, I, I think it is something that we celebrate. You know, it's a food that's available year round for us where we live, but it's something that speaks so much of summer and um, picnics and being outside and childhood. You know, I've kind of been reflecting on my inner child a lot lately and my inner child loves ice cream. I'll tell you that much. Um, my uh, waistline doesn't always love ice cream, but that inner child certainly does. And uh, in the midst of that, the celebration, the enjoyment, and the gratitude of um, the texture and the flavors, uh, the fellowship, sitting with my, fa- my parents and my son, um, it was really just a great God presence moment and a very seasonal one, um, a very much of a summertime um, moment. And I think I appreciate summertime moments the most this time of year because the days are getting shorter. The summer is closing with school starting very soon for my children and for myself as a teacher. And um, just these days are fleeting. You know, it's a reminder of the fleeting nature of time in general. And for me, ice cream is one of those lovely, beautiful, wonderful items that just connects me across time and with others. So for that, I am grateful. So questions today. Um, Summer. What speaks of summer? What sensual um, items mean summer to you? And again, sensual meaning those things that appeal to the senses. What smells, what sights, what sounds, what tastes, and what sight, sound, smell, taste, uh, hearing, smells, taste, sights, I guess. Oh yeah, there's only, I got the the six senses there. Okay, so I got those. Um, So um, what helps you sensually to experience summer, especially this part of summer where we are in the downside, the downslope, the um, final parts of this season. As always, thank you for being with me this evening. Blessings and peace.